This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mark Wahlberg has an imaginary friend of a teddy bear. The Walking Dead video game gets episode two, and Guardians of the Galaxy is coming from Marvel Studios in 2014, all coming up on Geekscape. Sing the theme song, Nick. Alright, that's my buddy Nick Gregorio. He is uh, here for this uh, Geekscape pod, so we can talk about the latest news and reviews. We've got opinions on all these things, so stick with us and we'll give them to you. I know, we're the egotistical people on the internet that have a podcast. <laughs> hey everybody, it's great to be back on Geekscape with you, Jonathan London, my dear friend. I was listening to the Comics on Comics guys doing a podcast, uh, talking about Comics on Comics, and um, they were like, uh, what were they saying? They were saying very complimentary things about me, which I appreciate, and when we start launching these new Comics on Comics episodes, you guys should definitely listen to them, but uh, Juan was like, uh, yes, when we started the show back in 2008, we were one of the first people doing a comic book podcast, and uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> I'm sitting here going, like I'm listening to it and be like, okay, when uh, Dan Trachtenberg and I started Geek Drome in 2005. Yeah. Like, like that's when that's how I met John Nick. and I were pioneers of the internet doing <laughs> things was like, that people. In, in, I was like 2008, like 2008. So when you started this podcast, when everybody else was starting podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> we were the pioneers. I was like, yeah. no, I was like, you were like, like if if, if this had been um, the if, gold if, rush if happened, this had been the fucking there was gold no rush, gold left. You show up right as they're building the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're after they already laid the railroad out. You, you took a train to the West Coast. You didn't come like, on a wagon. Like, you understand, when I was here, there weren't any Chinese people yet. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> like, I rode out here with a couple of guys on horses, and not all of them made it back. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was. The major question is, what are we still doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, if this is your first Geekscape, we're going to be talking news and reviews, movies, video games, and comics. Um, sorry it's been a week. Uh, I was gonna do a, oh an epi- I was literally gonna do an episode earlier this week, Nick. What were you doing, John? Instead of that, huh? <laughs> what what else were you doing? With your life? This is the like, worst. I, <laughs> I literally, here, Nick. This is how sad it is. I'm gonna bring it down. Um, I I had a, a podcast. Like I had all this equipment out. I was ready to record one on Wednesday, and I was just in my yearly funk. Like it's the week my uh, is the anniversary of my brother's death. Aww. Like oh. literally, I know. I told you I was gonna do it. I pre warned you. <sighs> Today's the 30th of June. He was killed on the 29th in 1996, and I was totally going to do a podcast on Wednesday. I set up the equipment, and I go, fuck this. <laughs> like, I was just like, no way. I had just started crying on the phone to Scott, who's our editor, who I don't even think oh knew. My I had God. About, like, Scott, Scott. <laughs> oh, my God, John. Like, oh, you sound like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> no, like, listen, 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 Nick. <laughs> Scott called me. 
Scott called me to talk about, I think, Comic-Con, because we're, like, setting up interviews, and, like, I've been setting up the booth uh, signings and stuff like that. So is the Geekscape green a lime green, or is it, yeah, like, yeah. a deeper <laughs> no, green no, than that? Like, goes, just to color balance my camera. He literally, <laughs> this, this is the conversation, he calls me and goes, uh, so, Jonathan, um, with Spider-Man 2 coming out on Tuesday, uh, uh, I was wondering if uh, maybe we should get a round table where the writers are talking about their favorite Spider-Man stories. Like he, 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 then he, he kept going and he was like, also I've gotten a couple interview requests from these people. Like Nick, this is what I'm hearing. Like I'm, I'm not hearing anything. Like I'm hearing, I'm hearing Spider-Man, Comic-Con, interview, round table, Geekscape. And finally he's like, Hello? Like, it was obvious that he had asked a question and I hadn't heard it. Because he, he does the thing where he goes, where he goes, he goes, God. he goes, Jonathan? And I go, say all that again. And he, goes, and he goes, he goes, he goes, what? I go, I'm sorry, I'm trying to concentrate. Like, can you just say everything you just said again? And he goes, are you, did you start drinking? Like, are you hungover? And by the way, I was like, my brother's been dead 16 oh, years. <laughs> like, I just started crying. And he's like. Whoa! <laughs> like, like poor Scott. Poor Scott was like, like Spider Man wears a red and blue spandex, yeah, and we're like, gonna be talking about it. like, who's your favorite costumes? What do you think of Venom? Like, <laughs> who's the best symbiote? <laughs> like, 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 I'm literally crying, like crying who's on the, the best. <laughs> like, and like, 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 Laura came. Oh, and then I got on Twitter. Did you read my Twitter? No. Whoa. Oh, I got on Twitter. It was like, listen. I want to tell you all the way down, if I'm a dick to you this week, like, I'm out of it. Like, I'm a mess. Like, I'm a mess this week. Every year, I'm a mess this week. And I got on Twitter. I was talking about what a mess I was. And I was just letting people know. I was like, listen, if I don't reply to you or if I do reply to you and it's really snappy and rude, forgive me. I'm a mess this week. Next week, punch me. But this week, forgive me. And, like, Laura came home and I was like, like, Laura, I'm a fucking mess. Like... Like I'm a tropical storm of a mess. She goes, yeah, but you're tropical storm Debbie. Like there's a lot of. She goes, she goes, she goes. You're not really doing too your much. Your girlfriend downgraded she goes, you. Like, my wife. No. She was like, she's like, she's like, she's like, you don't, you're not, you've been here before. You're not doing a whole lot of damage, but you're dropping a lot of water. And I was like, all right. You know, that, like that, that, that luckily, works. Jonathan, you don't drink or smoke pot because then, then I would like, I would worry because I'm like, <laughs> things might get dangerous, but. All you do is OD on, on like, you know, McDonald's French sweet fries. Tea. No, sweet, sweet tea. tea. Sweet tea is, like, French fries. I love the sweet tea. Uh, what did I do? Um, so, so, of course, like, I went to Twitter, and I, you got all these people who are, like, then texting you the rest of the day, who are, like, keep your head up. You know, like, hey, if you need anything, like, let me know. And they're, like, hey, Jonathan, like, you know. So, Corey Roberts texts me, and is like, hey, man, I read your, and I love Corey Roberts. we got to get him back. And he's, like, he's, like, dude, keep your head up. You know, keep your chin up, whatever. And I go, and, and I text him back. I was like, you, like, you don't understand. Like, like, and literally, I was going to do a podcast where I just, like, told you guys not to drink and drive, which is what killed my, like, my brother was killed by a drunk driver. And I, I was, like, going to just tell you guys, like, like, thank you for being in this community. Because literally, like, right after Daniel died, the first thing I did was, like, I just, like, opened my door to all my friends. It was like, here's my support network. Like, any, if any, like I can't get me through this right now, but they can, right? And that's kind of what Geekscape's been. And so I was going to tell Geekscape, it's like, hey, guys, like, you don't understand, like, through a period like now, how valuable it's been. And uh, traffic-wise, I think we just had our best week ever on the website, which is incredible. That's great. And, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Well, it's all Scott, Sean, and, and Shane, and, and the other writers. But those guys, they posted a couple of articles that really hit it out of the wa- like, park virally. 
So it out of the water I, into the stadium yeah, and yeah. they so, play with it. <laughs> so, so Porter Roberts texted me and was like, "Hey man, like you know, you want to hang out or something like that?" I was like, "No, nah, man. Like this, like th- like this is as hard of, of a week that this is every year. It is the it is a week that I remember. You know what I mean? Like it's a remembrance week. Yeah. And and, and my brother was a fucking funny guy. You know what I mean? Like my brother. I was telling Corey, I was like, dude, this was high school for me, right? I was a freshman when Daniel was a senior. Every girl I liked, like as a freshman. I'd be like going up to talk to him, like at the end. <laughs> I'd go up to talk to him in like the lunchroom and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And, and she's like, "Hey, I was just thinking about you." And I was like, "Really?" really? She's like, "She's like, yeah, because this past weekend I was in a hot tub with your older brother." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. I was like, "You son of a bitch!" Like, and then, uh, or people would come up to me and be like, "Dude, your brother is so cool." I was like, "Well, great, because I'm not." And yeah. they'd be like, "Yeah." He, I just wanted to tell you like, in comparison. You know, your brother, your brother taught me how to make a bong out of a coke can, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Jesus, what's going on?" Like. Like, as I was a geek in high school, my brother was popular, but my brother just didn't give a shit about school. Like, my brother was, like, that guy who, like, school wasn't his thing, and I didn't know him because, like, I couldn't relate to him on, uh, I couldn't relate to him on a level that I respected. Like, he was such a talented skateboarder and such a talented, like, he, he, like, he was technical. So, like, like, he had a VW bug, the bug that he, the the car that he was killed in, like, he'd worked, he'd made that car. Wow. Like, a Mustang, he made that car. Like you'd, you'd see him in the, in the you'd see him in the driveway, and all I cared about was like Star Wars and comics. Dude, like, you're fucking your you brother's like James Dean, bro. Well, yeah, he was. Like, that's crazy. And like you would, you would see him in the driveway, and he'd be working on this Mustang and stuff like that. And oh my god, and, and in he, tech, like he was so much tech, cooler than yeah, you. He was like, so well, much how cooler. How did you not kill yourself before he died in the accident? <laughs> like so, so in in and I was in like, but he would bully like you know what I mean? Like like one year. And here's the thing, Nick. Like, like public speaking. I know I did radio in, in Philadelphia and all that stuff. And I've been doing this for 15 years. But in college, you didn't know me in college. You knew me just after I graduated college. But yeah. in college, I would spend my spring breaks coming back to Texas and talking to high schools about DUI and like telling oh. high school. Like I would do, I would do like seven or eight classes a day on the hour, like like at different high schools throughout the week. Like five, like if there's a week, I'd get five or six high schools in every day, different high school or two. Speaking at assemblies or in health classes, being like, "This is like you wow. guys are you guys are about to go to a spring break. This is what's going to happen. You guys need to be responsible. This is a story." But I always, and that's kind of where I started like learning how to public speak, because I had to get better at it. I had to be relatable, especially as I got older and stopped being a high school kid. I had to be able to relate to these kids who they don't want to fucking be there. Yeah, you know, like high school kids, they don't want to be there. I just taught a week of high school film intensive. And half the kids didn't want to be there. I had to be, like, relatable to them. You know what I mean? Like, I had to show them why it's important well, you're to... You're, like, you're a cool, like, down-to-earth... I mean, right. there's worse situations. There's, there's much worse situations. But, like, but, I, but I was talking about something that just left me completely vulnerable. And one of the first... One of the stories that I would tell these kids to let them know about my brother's, like, what he meant to me was... In, like, what his loss meant to me was... Like, two sad things about Daniel dying. The, the, well, there's plenty of awful things about Daniel dying... Um, but, uh, I remember, like, my, one of my memories of Daniel was that I got a BB gun for my Christmas, for, like, Christmas. That's awesome. How long do you think I had that fucking BB gun? Like, four seconds before. <laughs> before <laughs> I had that BB for gun your, for maybe four seconds. You ruined it. And then it was, no, no, then it was his BB gun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, then it was his BB Like, I shot a couple cans off a fence, and then all yeah. of a sudden, Daniel found it and was like, fuck cans, I'm shooting my brother Jonathan with this thing. And I was like, no! And like I was hiding behind neighbors, like like the, in the movies when you have like the bullet marks like in the dirt, like do, 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 like, ch- like like chasing yeah. like chasing the hero. Like you see me 
getting chased by like a like a bunch of like BBs like hitting shit behind me, and then all of a sudden I dive behind like a neighbor's car, and you can hear the BBs hitting the neighbor's car like ding 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 ding, ding, ding like denting the neighbor's car. But I would tell these high school kids like, yeah, he would beat me up and like be my older brother, but that was, I you know you'd you want that guy back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't for the the, the last six months of his life, he was going to junior college, and. I remember I threw a Bouncing Souls show with my buddy Antonio. Like, the Bouncing Souls are popular as hell right now, but in high school they weren't popular. And we threw a show, and Daniel came out to that show, and we started bonding on, on music. Like, I got grounded going to, like, a NoFX concert with him. And the night he died, he was on the road at the time when I invited him over to return the CD to me. So there's all sorts of crazy guilt uh, shit I had to work through. But he was returning Jeez. a NoFX CD. There was a NoFX song playing. Bob, it was playing when I got the when the phone started ringing across the room. Then I picked up the phone at oh. 1:40 a.m. Worst worst moment in my entire life. And so we started bonding over music. And and he had decided after like not being the guy who wanted to go to high school and like being like you know no dad I just want to like hang out you know and do this like I don't I don't want to go to school. Jonathan's the nerd. Um, he I remember my mom. You know, my parents were divorced. So I remember my mom talking to my dad in, 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 with Daniel. They had, like, a three-way meeting. Like, John, like, Daniel, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Yeah. You're 19. And my mom said, why doesn't he just come to Mexico and, and, and live in Mexico a little bit with me and spend it with the grandparents? You know, and my dad's like, well, you know, he's done, like, a year or two of community college. Like, what do you want to do, Daniel? And, and he said, I want to go to college. I finally, I finally want to go to school. I finally want to do this, you know? And, again, he was mechanical. So, like, he was fixing cars. He... He would always, like, he would, he would make, like, saltwater aquariums for people and, like, fill them with, like, the most exotic fish you've ever seen. Could have just made a fortune doing that. Like he had to he, go to school he, and do that. He was so, like, people who work on computers like need, like, that, need, like, that focus. That's where he had focus. He didn't have focus in the classroom. A month after making that decision, he was dead. And it was so, oh, it, I felt man. so robbed of someone who I was just getting to know as an adult. And I, I was becoming an adult. And Paul was becoming an adult, and I felt robbed of that. Yeah. And that was the worst thing about it, was that, like, here's this guy who, I don't know what our relationship was going to be, but I never got a chance to know. You know what I mean? And don't drink and drive, guys. Like, honestly, d- like, come on. It, it's the most... It is probably the stupidest thing. Honestly, it's the most do. irresponsible thing you can do. It is. It really is. It's one of the most irresponsible things you can do. I mean... It, it, it's murder. It's murder. When, 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 you, when you take a bullet and you put it in a gun... Even if you're playing Russian roulette and you spin it and you're pointing it at other people, which is what you're doing when you're drunk and you're sitting in the car, you've still made the decision to load that gun. You've still made the decision to go out and drink without a backup plan on how you were getting home. And I think you, that's an in, that's intentional. Those those are those are decisions you're not making impaired. Those yeah. are decisions you you're making made them sober. sober. And you know exactly what you you're doing. You know exactly doing. what you're doing. You're setting yourself up in a situation where you can fucking kill people. Yeah. You know that's and murder. I really I really think not just I mean drinking and driving is the worst of it, but. Even using your cell phone, being distracted, just like not taking responsibility of driving is, is, a, is a big problem right now. Do you now. drive anywhere that's 15 minutes away? Do you drive anywhere that's like a half hour away? And nowhere in the country anymore. When I just went back home, traffic is so thick, just going from New Jersey to Philly right over the bridge. Like literally, are you on the, in the car for more than an hour ever? And you can't, you're so mutated in your fucking brain that you can't spend an hour yeah. in the car without looking at your cell phone. And, 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 and I mean, we get to traffic lights and sometimes we're guilty of it. But we got to fucking stop this you, shit. You have to, I mean, you, you have to be responsible. You have to take some responsibility. There's people that are, I mean, you're seeing the ads all the time. Like, drinking and driving is the worst. It, it, it's just a horrible thing to do because there's so many people that you're putting at risk. And you don't know who they are. And here's the thing. I mean, this guy's I mean, but this who guy wants survived to live? it. 
Yeah, who wants to live with that? For, this, that's guy what was, this guy was 19 years old, too, who hit him. And especially out here, in, uh, that's horrible. My like, older brother horrible. and his girlfriend killed. Oh, my God. Like, can was, you imagine? Was, like, can you imagine? You have to live well, with that. I thought my father was going to die that day. That night, I remember giving him the phone and knowing what was on the other end. Like, I just heard screaming. And oh, I picked it up God. and I gave him the phone and I went to the other side of the room. And I just saw my dad, like, go, what? Like, that's all I could hear. Like, him just yelling, what, into the phone. And then... And no, then he, he kind of, my, my stepmom was like, what's going on? And, like, he wandered. Paul was at basketball camp. Like, he was in San Marcos. And, and I remember, what, like, following my dad into the kitchen because he was, like, Tumble. using the wall. Like, he was using the wall to get there. And he just, like, like a fish, he, like, opened up the sink, like, uh, turned on the sink and got some water. And he couldn't get enough water. And then he, like, turned to me and just started saw And, like, here's, I'm seven. I'm 17 and like I'm trying to hold my father up and like he's like I can't hold him up like I'm, I'm realizing like I like the strength has gone on me too and I'm like sitting there going oh my god like I can't hold my dad up like I don't know what to do he's gonna die like like he didn't sound I've never heard something breathe like that I've never heard like as I'm holding it I've never heard a heartbeat like that like it was it, like just the intensity wow. coming off of it I was like my father's gonna pop or something inside of him is gonna go and like that's it like die of a broken heart like, I mean you, you hear it, it was like the that. worst night of my life by far. And so, Scott, I'm sorry I yelled at you. We feel free to email me about the Spider-Man thing. <laughs> it's it's sad, but like it always comes before San Diego. In San Diego, I kind of need San Diego. Like I kind of need San Diego Comic-Con. I kind of need like the Scapist. I kind of need like the night, like literally that night my friend Noah was over. And I'm so glad he was there. And then the next day like I just started calling all my friends. I went to the comic book store where I worked. I was supposed to go to summer camp the next morning. I didn't go to summer camp, obviously. Um, but oh my god! Yeah, so I, so like I went to the place where I worked, the comic store, and I told my boss, I was like, "Listen," he's like, "What are you still doing in town?" I said, "Listen, like this is what just happened," and I just sat in the comic store with him for a little bit. But, but like I needed people, you know what I mean? Like I needed people. And I know this is Geekscape, but kind of that's what it's about, you know what I mean? Because I know this is a community, yeah. and that and like that was that's when I needed community the most. I still do. You know what I mean? Like you still you still need the barometer of other people. Yeah, I think I think so. I think well, my background I come from a big family, so that was kind of like your community. Like in South Philadelphia, the the people around you were that community with that that commonality. And I think today, people tend to be strangers amongst their like close friends and family to the point where something like Geekscape is the new family. It's like there's such a commonality there with like geek culture. That well, digital, digital can cause those rifts. Digital yeah. can cause those divides. And you can, you can not know people and only know their like avatars or their, represent, yeah. their digital representatives. Um, but I think the community that you've developed through Geekscape well, we've is developed. different. Yeah. And I always say that. I always say what well, we've developed. And it's like in, in, in coming off like our best traffic week ever on the site... And going into July, which is regularly our our best month ever, I think we're, we're really we're really starting to figure out something here. Like I think Geekscape's starting to you know it's only taken five years. <laughs> it's, start, it's starting to hit its stride, you know. Which I think all of you guys for because I because literally on, on Wednesday I, I just wanted to start the podcast and just start telling you all these things that I want that I've been saying now and telling you guys how much I care and like what a spot I've been in this week and. Um, I just don't feel like doing anything this week. Like, I, I, like, I'm slow on everything. I don't hear people. Like, I'm just in a haze this week. And it's just that week I have to pop out of it. Then you get to Comic-Con. I'm like the mayor of Comic-Con. And it's just every, <laughs> everything's just clipped. And I just need that to be like, oh, Jonathan, 
this is also who you are. You know what I mean? Like, this is also so who you when, are. So when are we going to get the who is your favorite symbiote podcast? <laughs> I don't know. You know what, Scott? Keep I'll staying. get back to you. He, he never said that. He, he, what oh, we're going to do is on the site, we're going to talk about what our favorite Spider-Man stories are. I was thinking of doing, like, just lampooning and being like, I was going to do a little Geekscape pod on, like, the Hulk's pants. Like, what color <laughs> should the Hulk's pants be? Yeah. yeah. But my, my favorite symbiote is definitely Toxin. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum Carnage is the worst, best game ever. Remember the ad for Maximum Carnage with the people running in the streets? Like the Carnage ad. Like over everything the around those Spider-Man games was so much better than the game itself. <laughs> so back in the day, you kids won't remember this that are listening, but there was a really awesome Genesis Spider-Man game. It was, it like, was the one where you fight the Kingpin. Yeah. Fucking, you had to take photos. It, the, first of all, they, they looked like the comic book. For the phenomenal. time, you were like, oh my God, this looks like a Spider-Man comic book. The animations were dope. You could walk on the ceiling. Shoot web, you, you were Peter Parker, you took pictures of Spider-Man, there was like Venom all the cutscenes. really early, you went through the entire rogues gallery that you cared about. Yeah, it was like, it was really one of the, the best like Genesis games. Then, there was like the Maximum Carnage era, and I guess... Or Spider-Man and the X-Men in like Mojo World, where yeah. it's just like, okay, you just give up. Now. Yeah, like what is... Like, so Every game has to start in Genosha now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong? Oh my am god, I wrong? that was a stretch of am the X-Men games. Yeah, they all yeah, started in Genosha. It was Genosha. like really wrongly influenced by the cartoon. Dude, and it was like, those it, were it was the like, worst episodes of the was, cartoon. And everything was like Gambit. And I was like, <laughs> let, me tell you, let, let me tell you who gives a shit about Gambit. Nobody. Like, Gambit is a generic-ass Wolverine. It's, and he's just annoying. It, the, Let's the, add another guy who doesn't shave with was, attitude. It's like, they, stop giving us X-Men who don't shave with attitude. <laughs> like, like that is all Gambit is. But they it's have like, costumes like, that like wear a, have like a weird face mask thing that just like silhouettes their face. Like, like, I don't oh, know. Who would so ever great. wear that? This is so great. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. How horrible of a designer Jim Lee is. We'll get to that later. You can talk about it now if you want. Well, I, you want I to just talk about Spider Man because Spider Man's coming I, out. I wanted, yeah, I want to talk. I want to let's do a little Spider Man for a minute. But the Maximum Carnage. So they nailed it. They nailed the best Spider Man game ever made was the first one that they ever made, on the and Genesis. then on the Genesis. Because we have a review of Amazing Spider Man, the game that the tie-in movie. Andy wrote this review, and it, it's good, not great. He's saying. I'm really sad because I get more excited over superhero games than normal video games. I've kind of come to terms that, with the fact that I'm not a gamer anymore. I'm not the guy that's like, I need the newest game when it comes out because I'm going to have so much fun playing it. I've just become like this old dude that likes to play games of stuff that's neat. Like, oh, Batman's in a game? I like Batman. Yeah, you know, but Arkham like, City, though, is Is one of the, the best games it's ever made. And you did love made. that game. Yes, I did love but that game. the DLC, I've been telling you guys on the show, the DLC was yeah, you were telling very, me very, very wanting. But all I've been waiting for is taking one of my favorite superheroes and putting them in an open world. Like, he doesn't need a story. What about the Spider-Man 2 game that was tied in for the movie? That's it's, like supposedly the best one. I like that. that I like is, Ultimate Spider-Man gets overlooked. The cell shaded. No, Ultimate Spider-Man Spider was great. I thought that was better that was, than the other one. I thought that was better than Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. There's a revisionist history about how great that game was. Web slinging. It was a great feeling. You go to the top of the Empire State Building. You dive off. You swing through the city. But it made New York. Like a fucking blood feast. Like everyone's getting mugged. In yeah, everyone. I mean, everyone's getting mugged. It was in New just, York. There's always then, a million things, and you don't want to do all those stupid little petty crimes. Exactly. Ultimate I think Spider-Man they're stupid. cleaned it all up and tightened it. And Ultimate Spider-Man was a lot of fun. It had a great visual style, um, and it just it had the characters you wanted to see. It had a world that, for comic book fans, and I'm pretty sure why it wasn't that popular is because it was so geared towards comic book fans. And playing it, it was such a short campaign. It was awesome. It was like, yes, it was like enjoying a fun adventure with Spider-Man where you're him. And you're like, oh, this is great. I like that. And then they just, 
I don't, I don't know. It's like when you nail something, why not just try to reproduce it and tighten that up instead of like maybe add we a took couple it things in a different direction completely. It's like they did Spider-Man two. Open world was great. They did Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay, like we're getting better. We're, we're like honing in on what makes this fun. And the and original then, PC Spider-Man, I thought the PS one one, which Stan Lee's narrating, was yeah, awesome. That's that's I, I never played that one, but I read the regular reviews on that. Uh, but going back to Maximum Carnage, and this is what we were stuck with, kids. You didn't have a million options and cool, you know, you had like... three buttons on a Genesis. Yeah, you had three buttons on a Genesis, and you had a beat-em-up. That was one of the hardest beat-em-ups you will ever play in your life. <laughs> like, no continues, a little life bar, and you had to just fight wave after wave of Carnage-inspired design things. things. And it was, like, so not fun. I was like, this has nothing to do with Spider-Man. It's like when you... Bu- it's like an original NES game when you bought... Um, like the RoboCop one, mm-hmm. no, no, Total Recall. Total Recall, Remember Total the hardest Recall? game on earth. Total, Re- no, no, Battletoads. Total Recall. When you get into that alley with the midget, and he, I just, know, I he just, just fucking takes it to you. And you're like, you're like, this isn't just hard. This one is of the hardest things as a kid was when you go through the scanner. Beat, this midget's beating the shit out of me with like a fucking like 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 sewer pipe. But do like you remember pipe. the scanners? See, yes. Yeah, it's so hard. I'm like, who would design this? Like, what? This is for children. Why would you do this to a child? <laughs> it's like the bomb scene, underwater bombs in the MNT, uh, which I don't think was the toughest part of that game. It wasn't. Just no. figuring out how to ro- throw that stupid rope across the building so you could get to the other side of the map was harder. I didn't like, know. You know how many years I figured. Figured that out as an adult male. Like, do you know that I never figured it out? I never knew. I, I after I world. drove around yeah. in my car, How do I get to the got myself map? stuck, and I was like, oh, that's it. It's over. Game's over. And what? There's a whole other adventure? I was like, I, I just thought, like, okay, I can't do it. As an adult male on, like, an NES emulator, I was like, wait, what do you do? The entire do world's this? opened up to me. Here? Stop. So... <laughs> Spider-Man's coming out. We're going to go see that. Uh, see one that. video game I've been playing, guys, The Walking Dead. You know I raved about the video game Walking Dead. I know I told you guys it was my favorite iteration of The Walking Dead, the video game, because it makes you feel so responsible for everyone else in the game. The second episode's out. I started playing it. Didn't get a whole lot, but bunch of a chance to play it. But um, uh, This sounds like a game that's up awesome. my alley. It's awesome. Just I, buy the season pass. From what I, what I told you about like how I like Journey, I like games that are kind of self-contained, you sit down, you play them, and you have an experience instead of like, oh, 1,400,000 hours and with a button combination that if I don't play it for a day, I forget how to fight. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to fight anymore. Right. Like Assassin's Creed 2. Can you point that mic a little bit back towards your face? Yeah. Uh, are we good? Yeah, we're good as long as, like, don't flex your pecs, man. I'm not flexing right, my pecs. Oh. Yeah, Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed 2. I stopped playing it for like two months. I turned it on. I'm just getting murked by everybody. I was like, I have no clue how to fight. I was like, oh, I'm doing the tutorial over again. And then at that point, I was like, eh, I don't care. Uncharted, I bought that. I was like, yeah, I want to get in the Uncharted series. I heard it's really awesome. I was like, I can't duck and cover and shoot any fucking more. Like, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, who finds this enjoyable? I I'm did like, that Subway tie-in, like Subway for where you download just the, the, the multiplayer, like oh. recently, or like the third one. And I started playing the multiplayer, and people were like, ha ha, they're like sticking grenades to my back. And like, just, like, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Like, they're you know? just running around, like pushing me no, and but stuff like that. Really, like, if you're, come on, come back here. No. I know you like Gears of War, but if you're a fan of the duck and shoot games, like you can pretty much yeah. just have an open plane I don't love Gears with of War, a stick figure I do like who it. ducks and shoots, ducks and shoots, because that's the yeah, entire Gears game. Of, Gears of War is basically like the modern day duck hunt. It is. That's like, all it is. I was like, okay. I'm I played Kane and Lynch. And I'm just going to shoot some stuff. I bought Kane and Lynch for all the polish, the awesome like design the aesthetic, one. the handheld. Yeah. 
the handheld. I was like, this is cool. I was like, this feels like you're there. And then all you do is run, tumble sauce, and duck. Then shoot. <laughs> and then go to another barrier and duck. And then shoot. And then go to another one. And guess what you do? You duck and then you shoot. Oh, wait. There's more. You run to the second barrier and then 50 more dudes run in there and you duck and shoot. And then you run out of bullets, and you have to go grab a gun off another guy, and then you duck and shoot. No drama. No fun whatsoever. Uh, and I'm like... And it's slow. It's slow. It's like they're really long boards, and then you get a cut scene that's like two seconds long. I'm like, come on, man. At least give me something. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. I'm just, I'm just coming to terms with I not think, being a gamer. Real quick, guys, I want to tell you what I thought of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Laura wanted to see this movie. In about 30 minutes into the movie, Laura turns to me and goes... I can hear you fumbling with the mic. Sorry, sorry. Laura turns to me and goes, I can walk out right now if you want to walk out. <laughs> and it was during the scene where he's like chasing some dude through like a, a endless, crazy uh, stampede of horses. And they're like jumping from horseback to horseback, fighting each other, not sitting on the horses, like standing on the horses. And they're in like of course, the, vampire, of the vampire starts picking up horses and throwing them at him. And it's such like CGI horse shit that like Laura goes, Come on, like I want to leave. And I go, We can't leave. It's too fucking awesome. This movie was... I know people are like, oh, I enjoyed this movie. It was fun. I was like, you know what? You know what else is fun? Like, what do you consider fun? Like, what, what is it that you consider fun that you think... Like, you know, what, you know what's like, fun? Oh, I had a good time. I didn't take it too seriously. I'm like, you know what? When you're paying 30 bucks to see a movie, take it seriously. Seriously, yeah. Take it fucking seriously because, like, you just, that's a video game you could have enjoyed. Here's, um, here's my gripe. This movie was... Like, I've heard it described as badass. No, no, no. This movie is bad. This movie is ass. It is not the two combined. That's my freaking review. I didn't see the movie, so I'm, I'm not going to speak on that. But it's dumb. I would like to say that Abraham Lincoln is one of two presidents that has ever been assassinated in the country. His wife was crazy. She was super jealous. He had mistresses. His son was thrown from a carriage and kind of crippled and killed at one point. The Civil War, he freed the slaves. Like, And this is what comes at... Like, this is the first bit of media that comes out in the modern age of Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln fucking vampire hunter. <laughs> like, that is... I mean, we're talking about one of... The, like, the story tells itself. We're talking I, about one of the top five presidents of all time. Of all time. Like, like historically a, a, significant... A pillar of this country. And this is the first movie with him... What? Like, it yeah. just blows my mind. I'm like, what? I don't understand. Like, how did the studio say, like, ah, oh, that Abe Lincoln biopic with Spielberg's Spiel- coming Spielberg's out? Doing that yeah, biopic. It's like just out of respect, wait for the Spielberg one, and then just completely be like, here's the real story, vampires. Yeah, because um, I mean, I'm like, and I, I cut an interview with uh, yeah, yeah, Tim yeah. Burton, and he was like, well, the way I see it is something like this might get a bad kid that doesn't normally is, is, isn't interested in history interested. And I'm like, um, how about you just tell the real story compellingly and not fucking boring? And then right. that would get them interested, With, too. Because what's sad is, this movie's dreadfully boring. I can imagine. Like, it's, uh, it's so, it's like, hey, you want to eat cotton candy every day? It's like, by day three, you're like, I don't want any more cotton candy. And that's like three well, minutes Well, that's, a, that's the, a direct, the director you're just... just like, I'm done. This is such a, a celebration of overindulgence visually. It was just a mess. And it's really, it's not a fun movie to sit through. Like, it starts out and you're like, okay, I could give this a chance. And I... I gave it a chance. It 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 was it was, it was I, ridiculous. I just think it, it. I mean, I don't. I'm not, I'm not the most reverent of guys, but I think it's a very disrespectful film anyway. Like the, I really do. I think it's like 
Oh, and the Underground Railroad's in it. It's just it, like, like, it's like you know what on. I mean. Like, it, like to me, have, it trivializes. Yeah. It's, it's my it my gripe with X Men trivializing racial inequality in this country. Like, it's it's a no no. Being a mutant is not like what black people had to go through. Stop, <laughs> stop, Stanley. Just you should have made all mutants black then, and then it would have made more sense. But, <laughs> Somebody threw a rock at my head because I could shoot lasers out of my yeah, eyes. Yeah, like oh, I feel so bad for you. Like, come on, get out of here. It's not the same. It is not the same. <laughs> no, no, see, Gambit, what he represents. <laughs> I, I, guys, I will take every opportunity in this podcast to shit on Gambit. Um, <laughs> you know who loves Gambit? Everyone I know that loves Gambit is someone that doesn't really like comics that much. Right. Like, you know who my favorite X-Men is? Gambit. And I'm like, is it the pink or the blue or the face? <laughs> is it the fact that he probably sweats like a dog and yeah. a full get Like, why is he wearing a full spandex? And keep in mind, he lives in Louisiana. Have you ever been to Louisiana? You know how fucking hot it is hey, in Louisiana? Hey, Remy Lebeau. Hey, Je Le Bleu, This is what I wear yeah. when I chase Van Damme through the jungle. It's like, what? <laughs> shut up. Like, shut up. Jack's a better to open. When I was a kid, I had no clue what that meant for a turn. Remember in the X-Men what? cartoon? He was, was like, Jack's a better to open. Jack's or better to open the betting. So that means in your hand, you must have a Jack or better as your high card, if not a pair, to bet. So he would always be like, Jack's a better to open. And I'm like, what does that mean? As a kid, I'm like, what could that mean? Getting kids into gambling? Yeah, like (laughs) the fucking most obscure gambling reference. Like gamblers don't even know what Jack's or better to open means. Some fat cartoon writer was like, I played the, I just lost my shirt last night. I got to get something out of it. Coming in, like wiping the saliva off his dick from the prostitute that blew him in the parking lot the night before. My girlfriend dumped me. I might as well get something out of it for, yeah. for having lost my car in a gambling bet. <laughs> Jack's a better duo, man. What did that guy say last night when he took my shirt? And how hot was Rogue? I mean, come on. Prepubescent boys watching, like, a skin tight. I was like, I think for a cartoon, this is a rather attractive female character. <laughs> hey, Calm hey, yourself, sugar. Hey, sugar. Yeah. Big <laughs> ass titties and a fat ass on her. Like, really? With the camel toe, like, outline, <laughs> right? Wasn't it? The vagina V? Didn't they draw, like, a voluptuous vagina V and, like, a fat ass and big titties? I was like, damn. God damn. <laughs> I was like, God. As a kid, I was like, my dad was like, well, this show's good. What is this? I was like, oh, it's X-Men. It's like, yeah, X-Men's not too bad, huh? I'm like, yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm crying again. I need to call Hold Scott. <laughs> I need I'm to, fucking 10 I, years I, old, like. I need to call my editor. I'm crying again. <laughs> Holy shit, that's funny. Um, speaking of funny, this is my segue to Ted, the movie that um, has Mark Wahlberg playing a guy who grew And Peter up. Griffin playing a bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, it's about Seth MacFarlane, because I'm not a Family Guy fan, but I think Seth MacFarlane knocked this movie visually out of the park. Like, Killed it? Yeah, I mean, you, 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 this, this movie... I think it's a clever I, I idea. I wouldn't call this movie... T- like, No, I think this movie's good. Like, I wouldn't call it great, like... like I think you can, like, I was talking to Gilmore about it, and he was like, I didn't think it was a good movie per se, but I was like, I actually think it was a good movie. I think it was a well made movie. There's a fight that's in this movie. That's, I saw that, some of the. It's so well shot that you have to give physical props, you have to give props to Seth MacFarlane as a director. This is his first live action film. It's, wow. It's, yeah. I think Mark Wahlberg is brave, and Millie Kunis are super brave in some of the comedy here because. This movie has jokes that just don't work, but they go for them. And you have to respect that. Like, the barrage, of, <laughs> the, the joke per minute quotient in this movie is super high. And they don't all land. They're, they're all hard swings, though. Like, every single one of them is a hard they commit. swing. And you, they totally commit to these jokes. And you have to respect them. Because there are those movies, like, 
you know, the lighter Ferrelli Brothers movies where the jokes are there, but you can feel like it, they didn't necessarily totally commit or work it. And it's like, come on, like, you got to give us a little bit more Ferrellis. Like, you guys have to keep, you guys have to keep pushing your language because you guys set the bar. Like, the Ferrelli, yeah. the Ferrelli Brothers set the bar for this kind of growth. Like, they had, you have to I love, I think they're extremely underrated, especially some of their incredible. later movies. Um, I like Shallow Hell a lot. A lot of people do don't like it. I, do I think too. it's a really well done picture. And, and I heard, I heard Three Stooges is really good. I heard it's funny. I heard it's funny. I heard it's funny. I, I get I get worried because I'm like, there's no point of reference for kids to be like, oh, Three Stooges. No, like, the, the best they ad, don't even know. The best know. ad was the one that was like, before Jackass, here was this. That was the best ad they did, and they came out, it, they came out with it late. Yeah. But but I like oh. the Pirelli Brothers. I think they, they created this like genre of it, and Seth MacFarlane kills it. Like, he not vi- like, visually, like, he's sound. As a director, he's visually sound. No, he is. He, I, like, if you could just tell what Family Guy, with some of the stuff that they do, with their, their fight sequences with the chicken and Peter, yeah. if you ever see them. Like, they're just really clever in, in how he, like, kind of choreographs stuff. And, and they're really good with that. Besides, like, most of the shows is pretty, like, standard boring stuff. But when they get into that, the, those sequences, those action sequences, they do a really good job directing And Giovanni Ribisi is really funny in this movie. Is he? I he's, I hate him. Dude, good. He's the he's villain. good. He's he's hilarious in this. He in 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 order to do some of the jokes that they do, where you're kind of humiliating yourself, you got to be brave. And like Mark Wahlberg okay. has no qualms playing a fool in this, and like playing the guy who like his butt's hitting out and like a bear smacking him on the ass, and like, you know, he he, <laughs> he, he, he he doesn't come off like looking great in some of these scenes as far as like playing a dope or. Or just like poking fun at himself. Same thing with Giovanni Ribisi and like all these guys. There's some cameos in the movie that I won't spoil for you. And the movie is a lot of fun. It's one of the best comedies I've seen in a while. Is it? Nice. It's a little bit too long. Like it's got pacing issues. But again, it could do so much worse. Like again, there's like a minute. There's like a jokes per thirty second capital. I you know like I wanted this awesome. What turned me off from the movie is weird. Is all the advertising they've been doing like on YouTube and, and things like that, like just ad nauseum. But I want to see it. I just feel like they're kind of shoving it down people that were going to see its throat. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to advertise that hard for people that are obviously going to see this movie. Like We're there. We're there, yeah. Like So stop kind of like force-feeding us these TED promos because then it's like I don't, I don't want to see the movie now because of it, but I'll probably you just made me mad. See it with Mary. What? Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, like, like, yeah like you just, you just got on my nerves. I thought it was kind of ballsy of him to give pretty much Peter Griffin's voice to the teddy bear, though. Yeah. Cause know, he, he, well, you know he has range because he played Johann Strauss in, uh, in uh, Hellboy. Hellboy 2. Oh, he played, like, really? He, yeah, he played the that gas was... dude. Yeah. That was him. Wow. You know he can do voices. Like, you know he can stretch. But, yeah, he did Peter Griffin as the bear. Speaking of, like, overexposure on movies, uh, here's a movie that, like, Marvel's making. But they might have to do more press than or they might have to do more PNR than they do on like Iron Man or Captain America because it's Guardians of the Galaxy. They're putting out a Guardians of the Galaxy movie in 2014. How are they going to sell this movie and make it feel familiar to any of us? I don't. I don't think they're going to be successful with this. You movie. don't think Guardians? I. I don't know. I, I'm trying to get to a point where like if you put a Marvel movie in it, especially because you know the post credit or the 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 villain that they introduced at the end of Avengers is the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. So there oh, is a tie. It's in. Thanos. There's a tie-in to Guardians of the Galaxy. There is, but... From the, from the Avengers, Iron Man. one of the most successful things ever. But, but here's the thing. I mean, Elektra was a tie-in to Daredevil. 
Daredevil, Daredevil wasn't nearly it wasn't successful. What if, but I mean, what if they what if they introduced Guardians of the Galaxy like in Thor two? They almost have to, but what if they did that? I don't. I just don't know. It's like I don't want to see. I don't think anyone wants to see a Black Widow Hawkeye movie. No, neither do I. You know, and that's where I feel that Guardians of the Galaxy falls. There's no one recognizable. That's what gets asses in seats with these Marvel movies. Yeah. Is that they're recognizable? Thor worked because Thor had a lot of star power and it had a lot of like visual pizzazz. Like, oh, this is gonna, this is cool. And, and you know, and you saw, didn't you? And you saw the, the Thor hammer at the end of Iron Man two. Yeah, like but, you but knew I mean, what like it was two, building to. You knew what it was building to. So Iron Man two super successful. You're like, okay, well, Thor is from Iron Man two. So I'm just gonna watch this as if it's an Iron Man two sequel. Yeah, and Captain Thor has America, some Captain America, history. Same thing. Captain America, everyone knows who Captain America yeah, right. is. He's like a, you right. know, whether you know if you had a read an adventure right. or whatever, but you know who he is and you know what he looks and like. Now you've got. Guardians of the Galaxy. They're gonna. I think they have to set this up in either Iron Man two, Thor, or, bo- or Iron yeah. Man three, Thor two, or both. And I just, I just don't know though. Like I don't even know if I would go see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie because it's kind of like it depends. Now it you're really depends. I'm not being stupid. You're absolutely gonna see this. Don't be dumb. Um, it just really depends on like how it's handled. But I don't think you're gonna get people just wandering into the theater like, oh, it was cool, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's why, it's why Prometheus didn't do good. They didn't capitalize on the fact that it was a prequel to Alien, which they should have. And then people right. would have well, been like, oh. Be, they wanted to be cagey about it. And, and, and keep it, in mind, like, the Alien franchise has been, like, quality eroded so hard but over it's the still, last but it, 20 years. I don't know. I, I feel like they were so cagey about it that they, out, they outfoxed themselves. Because people right. were like, my brother said to me, he was like, why should I see this movie Prometheus? I don't get what is it. What is it about? And I'm like, oh, it's a prequel to Alien. And he went... Well, why didn't they say it was a prequel to Alien? Like, you have a lot of like younger kids getting into like the original. Don't Alien. like how your mic's resting on your shirt. Sorry. Because like every time you get excited, like, like your chest pops and you go like, it's like popping and shit. I know it's a crap. Okay, mic. should I just hold it? No, because then you're all fumble nuts with your fucking hands. How's it? Damn it. See how it just falls over? Do you want to pause this? No, I don't want to pause it. I want you to. Okay, it. how about there this? That's perfect. Great. I think it's perfect. Um. Uh, what about? So that's Guardians of the Galaxy, but... Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no <laughs> D- Disney Animation's doing another movie with Marvel Studios. This is going to be an, a Marvel movie that's animated by Disney, Walt Disney Feature Animation. They're doing Big Hero 6, which is Jap- Japan's like superhero team. Whenever you see like Iron Man and he goes to Japan, it's always okay, like Big okay. Hero you know, Big Hero 6 is like, wait, this is Japanese airspace. This is a Japanese thing. And like... Like Sunfire, the X Men. Okay. Remember Sunfire? Yes. Sunfire is like it's Sunfire in this. At one point in time, ladies and germs, Sunfire was a toy, Toy Fair mail and exclusive, and it was like the hottest action figure. Really? In yeah, in the the world, Sunfire. Well, now it's Big Hero Six. They're they're making an animated version of it for Walt Disney Animation, Marvel Studios. Ah. I don't know if you can tie that into the live action Marvel U, but. I'm sure it'll be cool. Yeah. I just wish it was characters that I want to see that haven't been done well in animation, like almost half the Marvel library. Like, right. haven't been done well in animation. Yeah, uh, Sean, so, Sean, our writer, when he was putting up the story, was like, yeah, you'd think that Marvel animation would like, lead with like, one of the top 5, 10, 50 superheroes in the Marvel Universe. We're not even getting one of the top 200. Like, this is Big Hero 6. Like, what is this? This, this better be like a genius thing. Big Hero 6 is a great name, though. And like kids, sell to like kids dumb kids, the, yeah. <laughs> dumb kids. I mean, kids are dumb in general, but like, yeah, you could sell them anything. Um, you can sell them Marmaduke, and it happened. There's this uh, talk. Uh, Edgar Wright has shot, a, a, took a week and shot a, a, a test reel for I Ant saw, Man. I saw. I saw for Ant Man. So, the, so he was trying to figure out how he was going to do the Ant Man size transformation. 
test. So he shot a couple tests to see how he's going to pull it off. So there has been Ant-Man footage shot by Edgar Wright. Do, it, it, is, is, this, is this actually a reel or is this the post-credits for Iron Man 3? Mm. Now we're just getting geeky. I'm pretty sure it's just a test reel. But, <laughs> but, but, we'll be, but maybe with Comic-Con coming up, we'll get a chance to look at it. I would say go for it. I mean, if, if I was in his position, I would release it and just have people hyped up about it. Who I plays, mean, Who plays Ant-Man? I don't know. Geekscape friend Simon Pegg. That would be like a dream pairing. Right. It's like a reason to As see that movie. As we told Simon, Edgar, Edgar's movies don't, don't make their budget back without him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there you go. He kept them out of... Uh, well, he didn't keep them out of, but he just made Scott Pilgrim without What was he going to do? Without, yeah. yeah, what was he going to do with that? <laughs> Tommy, Play Tommy, Scott Pilgrim? He found a way for Thomas Jane to be in it, so let's remember. Let's <laughs> I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim yet. You haven't? I know. Isn't that horrible of me? Uh, not really. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I I'm, a, I'm a fan of, what, of the movie existing. I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of the movie. Oh. Watch it. Let me know what you I'll think. I'll check it I out. I think it's a yeah. movie that, like what I tell people when they're like, I love Scott Pilgrim. I was like, here's the narrative problem with Scott Pilgrim. He has to fight seven boyfriends. It, would, there, it, would the movie be any different if it was nine boyfriends? Would that movie be any different if it was three boyfriends? If it was one boy? It doesn't matter because Scott doesn't progress during the movie until the very end of the film. I feel so like you're nerds. Watching like a, like a, like you're watching a character that just kind of like walks through walls. And you're like, okay, I'm kind of getting tired of him walking through walls. In the end, he figures out who he is. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? This wasn't a process. I feel like the whole Scott Pilgrim property just validates nerds in pop culture. I think that's why a lot of people rally behind it. You know, it validates girls dressing like idiots and dyeing their hair different colors, looking like <laughs> doofuses. Like, that doesn't look... Your hair looks fried and, and dyed. And hey, that girl at Chipotle earlier today, there was yeah. a girl at Chipotle, and Nick was like, oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. Did you see who rolled up with her? Dude, don't even... <laughs> you did, right? That mouth... Don't was, even did start. You see that, that guy? Yeah, I was like... I was coming out... I was getting out of the, my parking with my car, and I see this dude take my parking space. John and I did he the, like, this, guy in relationship, married guy, like, that girl's hot. Okay, let me put my head down and run go, away. Go to my car. <laughs> so we could, let's just stay out of trouble. Yeah. And uh, I get in my car. I see that Matthew Lillard guy with purple hair get out of his car wow. and be like, hey, sweetie, sorry to keep you waiting. And I was like... <laughs> Like, like this girl was a ten. Like she was a ten. Like she was. We thought she might have been an of actress. Hair is why I say it. And the dude rolls up, just so. Really, that's all you could say. Like either he has a humongous bankroll, or <laughs> that's about it. That's all that can do it. It was really funny. Like that flubby dude, like fucking Going, purple hey. hair and shit. Like are you fucking like Frankenstein with a hair dye. Like like a, like a dude way too old to be dyeing his hair, which is a purple like. Fr- guy, he looked like an ice cream a guy cone. Plainly in his like clearly in his thirties. Yeah. Not keeping himself together. Never exercised. Uh, yeah, just and it was like a faux hawk, but it was more like a dollop from a soft serve ice cream. Like <laughs> his hair like was like a, a dollop. He looked of, like a troll dial that wasn't committing. Yeah. <laughs> And he just rolls up on this, like, slamming, hot Katy Perry-looking girl. Just like, oh, what? Let's get get a burrito. Let's get a burrito. (laughs) Chipotle, you want to pay, honey? (laughs) (laughs) I just had to mention that because of the purple hair thing. Uh, But, um, but, I mean, you're you're a stickler for style, I hear. I mean, you're a stickler for style. Like, like, who who do you think is the worst? Because let's talk about the Jim Lee thing. Who is the worst stylist in comics? Jim Lee is one of the most talented artists. I'm not going to take that from him. But I believe that he is more, should be used as a tool and shouldn't be considered uh, 
A designer. A designer. I just don't. Any. Like, any show of, and be like, this is what the costume is. This is who the character yeah, is. Yeah, like, okay. This is the color scheme. Draw this. Exactly. And I think he's a great, even his watercolor work, I love his work. I love his pencils. They're extremely detailed. I don't want to insult the guy. He liked to find a generation of comic books, our generation pretty much growing up, his art style. But he is the worst designer ever. Like, ever. Like, he is the worst designer. Like, you from a clothing example, standpoint. Yeah. Okay, for example, the new JLA that he draws. Let's not, let's go back. Let's go, let me take you back down memory lane. It's okay. called. <laughs> I'll check on hard drive space, but it's yeah, go for it. <laughs> Let's take a look at just the 90s X-Men, which was the hottest selling book at the time. Their costume designs are just so painfully bad. They have like shoulder pouches. Pouches and patches. And like they've never, they never open them. They never look into them. The design. They have utility belts going around their shoulders, like bandoliers. Yeah. And they've never, have you ever seen the X-Men ever use any utilities? Ever? No, they have, they have super, <laughs> unlike Batman, they actually have super Yeah, like they're not known for their utilities. And I mean, if you, if you even look at the image stuff he did, the character design, like, why does everyone have a wing mask? Like, the Wolverine-style mask. I mean, half the characters he designed in the 90s either had hair that flared like that or a mask that flared, flared out like wings. Where the fuck does that come from? How does that fit in, like, a stealthy assassin killer? And I need giant wings on my fucking mask. Like, I don't know, like, I just don't get it. I'm creeping up on this person, and uh, I need a giant moon-shaped thing coming out of my head. Yeah, like, I'm sure this won't get in the way all the time, everywhere I go. Um, And and so it's like, okay, it was the 90s, though. Shit was kind of whack in the 90s. We let shit slide like that. Then, Jim Lee gets, like, carte blanche to redesign with New 52, like, speeding, like, fast-forwarding. After he had, what, what he, he did a bunch of, like, just, uh, you know, he drew Batman, did yeah, Hush, and, yeah. you know, he, he was doing, like, pretty traditional stuff, and you're like, oh, cool, look how great he makes normal superheroes look that he doesn't get a chance to design yeah. and ruin. But then DC was like, wait, 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 we want you to design and ruin an entire catalog of our superheroes. We're going to reboot every major superhero, and besides Batman which he blatantly ripped off of the Dark Knight costume. Like, that's all he did. He was like, okay, I'm just going to give him the same detail from the Dark Knight. He goes and ruins every, every, every costume across the board. I haven't seen one good redesign that was better Cyborg than the original. Cyborg looks like a joke. Cyborg looks like a joke. Cyborg looks like the, like, 90s. Like, he looks like, I, I want to see a gold foil cover of, the, of Cyborg issue number one. Like, a raised gold foil, because that's how bad he's designed. <laughs> he's a gold foil cover. With that you giant remember arm cannon, and the then, backpack. That why? Why do you have a backpack? Wonder I don't Woman. know. What about Wonder Woman? Okay, if you want Wonder Woman's costume redesign, you go to like Louis Vuitton. You go to Gucci, Dolce Gabbana. You go to like a real designer. You know, you go to uh, someone that knows what women are wearing, what's current, and then you make them redesign Wonder Woman. Then you take a comic book artist and you have him kind of tailor it down so it works as a comic book drawing. Jim Lee puts a fucking choker on her. Who has worn a choker besides weird goth girls and people that are clueless about fashion? Like, look at, pick up an Us, Us Weekly. Does any girl wear a choker? Do they wear armbands? Do they wear any, like, tiara head things? No. Like, you, you do the Wonder Woman tiara, it works in the context of Wonder Woman. But if you're going to do a modern redesign of her, like, they, I just, it just looks not modern to me. What about Aquaman? I know, that's the one. That, okay. He's a guy who battles underwater. 
And so he's let the ruler us, of like three-fourths of the world. Three-fourths of the world. So let's make a giant necklace chain thing that could always get tangled up in him in his floating fight. Like, what is that? What is the he's whole... a stupid, like, like, like hookah shell necklace. Like a yeah, like, necklace. why are you... Why, I don't get it. I, don't, I just feel like... What's up, bro? Want me to fight? I'm here. I got both hands this time. And, and, like, I love how he's like, oh, well, we kept the orange and green. Like, who fucking cares? No one would care if you changed the orange and green on Aquaman. No one would be like, oh, I'm up in arms because you changed that classic orange and green Aquaman <laughs> look. Like, no, people want Aquaman to be updated. And, but I, I think it's just the main heroes. Why is Superman in armor? Why? Why would you change a costume that had no... Re- like, Bullets wh- bounce off him. What does he need armor? Why does he need armor? Like, I don't get it. Why does he need that corny ass '90s collar? Yeah. Like what? Is, I mean, that's a '90s collar. No one wears that collar. Who wears that collar? Nobody wears it. Asian collar. men, not even them. They gave it up because that's from fucking. That's dated. It's dated <laughs> and corny. Like, uh, let's see. Green Lantern. He has. Why is Green Lantern's armor the same as Superman's armor? Why? Why is that? Like, that's a poor design choice. Why does the Flash have armor at all? Doesn't make sense. He wants to be as light as possible to run around. Obviously, like none of these considerations, and then. The, the biggest atrocity, like, this is the night. When I look at it, I'm like, this is only, like, as bad as Cyborg is, the new Green Arrow design is the worst design you could ever. What are the handguards? What is that? Why would an archer want to obscure his hands in any way? Why would he want a giant, like, big vinyl or whatever material Jim Lee's costumes would be in the real world? Because that's how you're supposed to draw as a designer. You're supposed to imagine, like, okay, if this was the real world, what would this material be made out of? Like foam rubber? What is that? I don't know. It's like <laughs> yeah, he uses like armor guards. So it's like yeah, but guards. they like hang over his hand, and like you're trying to pull a bow back. Have you ever shot a bow before, Jim Lee? Maybe you should have tried that out before you designed an archer's outfit. <laughs> you know? He probably did wear a tiara though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm being mean, but I really, I really think those designs are awful. I think they're just awful. All right. Well, he's uh, signing at the Geeks game, but I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, guys. Uh, Punisher Warzone is coming back. Did you know that? It's starting with a new uh, storyline called Locked and Loaded, where he's basically uh, no Lock and Load, Lock and Load. He's basically taking out like the Avengers, like Captain America, what? Oh, and Wolverine, Spider Man, Black Widow. Like he's going after all of them. That's awesome. Punisher's going after him. So that's up on the website. Also, I read the the fourth. I've read the fourth book in the Before Watchmen saga. I read the Night Owl book. Nice. Might be my favorite one. There are three. They are three for four. I liked the comedian one, Night Owl, having Andy Kubert with his father Joe inking. What? The, this one looks the best. Night Owl is the best looking Before Watchmen book. The Kuberts killed it on the art. It is such a good book. They're they're my it's favorite. Awesome. Those brothers are and their father and are I mean, so. I'm looking at this book and I'm like, this actually feels like a classic Joe Kubert book. And wow. It, and it, and it, and it is about the history of comics at this point when you get these guys working at this level. It is, and, and narratively, it's really good. Those, those guys do nothing but great work. I mean, if you any book they're on, they raise the value of it so much. I mean, remember um, Ultimate X-Men when it first came out? Mm-hmm. Crazy Wait, good. The Mark Millar run? It was amazing. That was like... That was Joe. That was... Uh, that was um, Andy. That was, what? No. Was, it, was it Andy? Yeah, I think that was Andy. It was incredible. Uh, that was Adam. Adam? That was Adam, Adam. okay. Because Andy draws a little bit like his father. Adam doesn't. Adam, Adam was killing it on, on yeah. that X-Men book. Dude, that was like some of the best art that when came Wolverine out When Wolverine jumps that fucking cliff on yeah. the motorcycle is incredible. The really great stuff. That first stuff. Ultimate X-Men 6 issue series is incredible. 
They ruined that. They ruined all the all the all the goodness they did with that ultimates. They ruined it. They was like, why would you ruin such a good memory for me? Um, Star Wars. <laughs> so again, like all these, all this stuff is reviewed on the website, and of course it's reviewed here. But you guys should be checking out Geekscape.net. Huge Geekscape news going into Comic Con. Comic Con is in two weeks. I'm not ready for. No, it's in a week and a half. Oh, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. We have so many people signing at the Geekscape booth, it's not even funny. That's great. We've got, I remember Laura Ortiz, who was here from Holliston, the, the Fear Net show? We've got Adam Green and Joe Lynch in the Holliston group. Okay. They're going to be here uh, signing. Uh, we've got um, Doug Jones, our buddy, is going to be here. Nice. A couple of Geekscape guests, like Mark Zickery, who was on the last Geekscape interview episode, he, he's going to be there. And here's an announcement I want to make. You're Walking Dead writer, uh, Walking Dead fan of the comic, uh, Charlie Adler's going to be signing at our booth. Not only is Charlie Adler going to be signing at our booth, if you're a Walking Dead fan, I'm sorry, he's not going to be signing any of your Walking Dead stuff. The only thing Charlie Adler is signing at our booth, it has a Geekscape logo on it. It's the poster for Doc of the Dead. Uh, the movie that, I'll announce it here because the press release is going out this week and I want to give my boys the exclusive. Awesome. Geekscape, I think you guys have seen it if you're on my Facebook or on Twitter or anything. Geekscape is working on a documentary called Doc of the Dead. It's with Exhibit A Pictures, the people who did People vs. George Lucas. Alexander Philippe, who did People vs. George Lucas, is the director on it. It's his film. I and Mr. Plinkett, who did those like 90-minute episode one and two YouTube analyses videos, those hilarious ones, I and Mr. Plinkett are co-directors on the project. We're directing segments of the film. That's great. And, and Geekscape is a co, uh, co-producer on the film. So when the film opens, you get a big Johnny Zap Geekscape logo at the beginning of the movie. And if you get this poster, which I think is going to be like 20 30 bucks. Maybe it might be less. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. When you get this Charlie Adler poster, of which I think only a hundred cool. are going to be made. Whoa! But yeah, when you get this poster at the booth, you nerds love exclusive shit. Charlie's going to be signing it, and it's got a Geekscape logo on it. It's got a Geekscape logo right there. Kablam! Why? And it's original art for the poster. And it's original art. And so it's an Exhibit A film. Geekscape's nice. co-producing. Jonathan's doing a little bit of directing on it. Nice. And I'm hosting in it. Like, I'm doing, like, the interviews. Like, when you see Michael Moore run around with people, like, interviewing them, that'll be me. That'll be John London. And Mr. Plinkett is doing, like, really funny film review type stuff. Like, he's looking at the culture of film. So, okay. like, you know, Alexander asked me to be a part of this film, and I, I, love, I love zombies as much as the next guy. But I don't want a film that's dependent on the zombie fad or the zombie culture falling off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like what happens if we put this movie out in 2014 and nobody's into zombies anymore? If we make a movie with substance, though, which is what I told Alexander, I said, if we make a movie that actually scares people, talks about realistic stuff, viruses, <laughs> you know, bath salt, the end of the world, because I think we have an obsession with the apocalypse as a culture. Yeah, definitely. Like, if we talk about that... Because we want it, because we hate yeah. our... We hate going to work we, we, so we, much. We can't just talk about zombies, we've got to talk about us. Yeah. You know, so if we talk about us and our obsession with the apocalypse and all this stuff, I think we have a movie that it doesn't matter if you show it in 2050... You've got yourself a movie, and and I mean we've already we've already shot Simon Pegg for the film. We've shot a couple name of drop, people please name dropping over no, here. You know it, you know it. Well, Simon was well, Simon was awesome. He was great. He came over and helped us out yeah. and shot an interview. He was fantastic. And we've got George Romero coming up. We've That's got great. A, we've got all we got everybody. What you, I find really exciting, zombies, we got those people in this film. What I find really exciting about it, and I, I really like the people versus George Lucas. Um, I'm loving that there's like kind of three perspectives on this movie. So you, well, Alexander's you, the guy. It's his film. Yeah. It's Alexander's film. He's, it's, it's an Alexander Philippe film. But I definitely have my, I definitely have my, my, you know, and we get in fights. Alexander and I get in fights. We love it. Like, 
you know, and I, he, I, he, he shuts down. Like, like I'll be like, I'll be like, Alexander, like, da 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 da. He'll be like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, we'll talk about it now. And like, we, we get in these things because I really am very. I want it to be better than people's stories. As much as we love people for stories, I want it to be better. And and Alexander, of course, Alexander wants it to be better. He always wants to improve. But um, <laughs> but I think we're helping each other out. Like I've never done a lot of doc. I've I've rarely done documentary okay. stuff. I've never done documentary stuff on this scale. So I'm really helping. Like Alexander's really showing me the lead. I think right. it'll be cool. I mean, I, and, I, I'll watch it. And at the same time, I really want to like instill a little bit of narrative into this film. So when you feel it, like, you know what I mean? Like, I love George. The most successful like docu, yeah. The, for, the most successful documentaries are not a doc, are not documentaries. They're more just a narrative, enjoyable film. Well, I want this to be a narrative yeah. of, of our obsession, mm-hmm. of our, our culture. Like, I like, like that. Like, here's the introduction to zombies. Why did we become obsessed with it? And why has this turned into this obsession with not only zombies, but the apocalypse? And what does that say about us? Because as a metaphor, that's what zombies are all about. Yeah, I think you know the answer I mean? is we just, we're looking for anything to get us out of going the work. There are some phenomenal answers already on <laughs> film, my friend. There's, I don't want to spoil it, but there's some phenomenal <laughs> answers already on film. And I'm talking to people who are like preppers, people who like build bunkers, people who like I've seen stock, the footage. stockpile shit. Um, and I'm going to keep doing it. I want to shoot a machine gun. Jonathan actually drinks his own urine. <laughs> I want to go to a, I want to go to a CD. I want to go to like the CDC. I want to go to I want to go to Haiti and like interview like Do like you know that people. the CDC? I was read in Time magazine that they issued uh, a report that the recent cannibalism was not a zombie outbreak. They the had, CDC. Yeah, they, they, yeah it, it, the rumor got so weird that they actually had to stop and be like, "All right, let's not be stupid." But mad cow disease as you guys heard on the episode of Matt Moak back in January, February, if you guys go back and listen to that Geekscape with Matt Moak, that's the scariest Geekscape we've ever done because he's throwing hard facts at you about how this might happen by 2030. What? It's, it, go listen to that episode if you want to drop your drawers and, with a giant load because it is one of the scary. I was sitting on this couch. He's sitting where you were sitting, and I was scared out of my mind. And this film, I think, will scare you. I think the worst thing about a, a zombie apocalypse will probably be that it'll just be an airborne virus. And all the fun of the zombie apocalypse will never happen. You'll never get to, like, yeah. dodge zombies. No. You'll just wake up it'll one day. A, it'll be a really bad week that's the end of mankind. Yeah. In, and there'll be a few people that survive that... that wish uh, they hadn't. Yeah, wish they hadn't. Because they'll just be surrounded by corpses. I, think it's, I don't think we're going to have, like, that, oh, brains, and you get to shoot everybody in the head, <laughs> you know, like... Everyone's I'm going to fuse all this metal to the side of my Honda and just kill some people. Yeah. Like, like, oh, here we go. Sharpen up an axe. Here we go. Yeah, flamethrower. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. First no, of all, it's going to be like, Mom, oh, my God. And that's it. That's yeah. gonna be, you know, you're going to be horrified. And then in an hour or so, you're going to be like, why is my nose bleeding? Uh, uh, and if you survive it, you're going to wish you had been in better shape. Yeah. And that's the end of it. <laughs> like, that's the end of it. So um, you, cockroaches, and that's about it. So we're launching, food. We're launching that poster. And you know, announcing the beginning of this film at Comic Con, but you guys get it. Congratulations! First. Thank you. Let me be the first Thank to say you. that. Thank you. Uh, and that's Geekscape. That is a Geekscape thing. So I know this has been the longest Geekscape pod ever, but Nick Gregorio's here, and we had to make it long. And he's, I know. we've got tons to talk about. So screw it. You guys are on your lunch break ever. Like, like yeah. anyway. So whatever. We're just fast forward. You guys are dicking around at work anyway. Listen to this. <laughs> so whatever. Farting around. Never getting nothing done. <laughs> Let's see. I want to see you guys at Comic Con if you're going to make it. Drop by the. Drop by. The Comic Con booth number thirty nine nineteen. I can't wait to see you guys. We're gonna have stuff going on the entire time. Tons of cool signings. Also, we've got uh, a party Thursday night. I'll tell you guys how to do that. Just keep checking. The hopeful booth schedule is gonna be up at Geekscape.net. All of these artic- all these news pieces that we've been quoting 
all on Geekscape.net. Of course, we're on Facebook. Of course, we're on Twitter. Of course, you can follow us on all those and get the latest Geekscape stuff. Nick Gregorio, you can check him out on Twitter, at Nick Gregorio. Yes, at uh, Nick Gregorio. I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter. Of course, Geekscape.net is where we hang our hats. We love you guys. Thank you for listening to this extra long Geekscape. We'll be back in a couple days with more news and reviews. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Take care, gang.